Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. Ken really taking the day south as a person. Can't go out there and be a moron. It doesn't work like that. The Nightcap. We're eating their food. On WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm, I'm realizing something about the rest of the Bills' schedule here. I'm going to get to that in just a second. We'll get to football. I'm going to do mostly football tonight here on the Nightcap. Jody Biasi, you're welcome to join at 803-0550. Would love it if you did. Text lines open and available for you at 550-550 as well as uh, the tweet sheet. Do people call it that? I've heard it referenced that way. I've never said it, but I just did. So it's the first time for everything. At Sneaky Joe WGR. Before I get into this uh, this thought I just had on the Bills schedule, um, just kind of thinking about stuff for the rest of the year, uh, updating something from the update there that I actually just had missed that came down just a couple of minutes ago. The, uh, the NHL has suspended... Eric Cernak, defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning, for two games um, for his elbow on Rasmus Dahlin that has given him a concussion. And really, when you look at it, like I know a couple of people out there, like I saw Josh Reed from Channel 4 tweeting this, and this is kind of a popular thought, I think, amongst a lot of people in sports, uh, especially in hockey, that the punishment should, like the, the suspension should match the amount of games the player misses. And I'm not necessarily, I, I can get where the logic is in that. I can get why you would want to see that. And especially in a situation like this one, it makes sense. There are situations where it does make sense. I wouldn't be opposed to the NHL actually giving that out once in a while. Like just saying, hey, we, we know that this guy is out for this amount of time. You're out for that amount of time as well. Um, and I, what I'm thinking about is last week, the uh, the Bertuzzo hit, Robert Bertuzzo, the defenseman for the Blues, who comes down with a cross-check on Victor Arvidsson. It was just a blatantly stupid play, like just an idiotic play by Bertuzzo. He hits Arvidsson from behind into the net. It's clearly interference. It's clearly a penalty. And because Bortuzzo's mad that he took a penalty while Arvidsson's on the ice, who, by the way, was just standing there, and he's just now on the ice because Bortuzzo penalized him, because Bortuzzo's mad and because Arvidsson's the first, the closest person to him, he takes his anger out on Arvidsson, comes down on the lower back of Arvidsson, cross-check, knocks Arvidsson out for four to six weeks. In a situation like that, I'm okay with this. But in general... I don't think you can just automatically do it. Like, I think back to there was a hit in 2007 that Joe Thornton dished out that uh, knocked somebody out for over a season. And are you going to suspend a guy for 90, I think it was actually 96 games that Joe Thornton would have got if that was that rule. I saw Greg Wyshynski reference this. Are you going to suspend a guy for 96 games? Like, it, it can become too much for me. And then there's also situations like... um. I had a, I had an example in my head, but I can't think of it. But imagine a play where you cross-check someone from behind, you hit somebody in the head, and it's, a, it's an utterly dangerous hit, but the guy luckily doesn't get injured. Well, now you get zero games because the guy didn't get injured. You still, through a reckless and dirty hit, you deserve to be suspended. So I do believe that there are times where I wouldn't hate 
that being a thing. Um, this is not one of them for me, though. I, I do think that while it was an elbow and while it was to the head and while it was uh, to the Sabre star player and knocked him out with a concussion, I it don't think it was overly vicious. It was definitely illegal. It definitely should have been penalized. And the moment it wasn't, they at least got this right and they gave him two games. You had to give him something because if you didn't give him anything, which I was bracing myself for, if you didn't give him anything, then... You have an elbow to the head that knocked a guy out with a concussion, and you get nothing for that. If the league wants to be serious about concussions, you have to give them something. So I think two games is fine. I think two games is just about right, and um, I didn't need that to be much longer. I didn't need it to be, um, obviously, shorter. So Eric Cernak suspended two games by the NHL, Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman, for his elbow on Darlene yesterday, and all we know about Darlene right now is that he has a concussion. Um, let's get into some football, though. I, I was playing around with the New York Times uh, playoff machine, as I'm doing almost every day now, or at least before and after games, um, to just kind of look at the Bills' playoff odds. And Brendan Keeney, actually, from WBEN, right down the hall here, brought up a fact to me earlier today that I hadn't looked at, um, that basically all the pretty much all the Bills have to do, this is how easy it is for them to make the playoffs. This is where we're at with the Bills just making the playoffs. There are five games left. They really only have to win one of them. Now, it has to be a certain one. It has to be the Pittsburgh game. But if the Bills win in Pittsburgh, listen to this. They lose the rest of their games, right? The rest of their games. They lose to Dallas in in less than 48 hours. They lose to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They lose to the Patriots and Foxborough. And let's even say at home, somehow, Sam Darnold puts together a win for the Jets over the Bills. In fact, they did that last year. So let's just say that happens too. Guess what the the Bills beat Pittsburgh? And Duck Hodges, an undrafted rookie. Not a super tall task. They're not terrible, but not a tall task. You win that game, and you lose the rest, the Bills are 78% to make the playoffs. Now, it's not a guarantee you're leaving the door open if you do that for another team to go on a run, but think about that also. You need then the Colts to go on a run. You need the Raiders, who just got rolled by the Jets, to go on a run. You need the Steelers to win all of their other games. Um, And even would that do it? Yeah, if the Steelers won the rest of their games other than the Bills game, you need something like that to happen. And that's why their odds would be so high because a lot of those teams are not capable of putting a run together like that. Tennessee, same thing. They're two games back of you. They need to even do even better because the Bills already have a tiebreaker on the Titans. So you just really have to win that Pittsburgh game, and that's kind of where we're at. And that's why I want to open up the discussion about thinking about the playoffs and what the Bills are going to do in the playoffs and thinking about what their matchups could be. This game on Thursday is super interesting to me. I'm going to talk a lot about it throughout today's show. But I want to start with the actual playoffs and think about what this team could be. Because Aaron Schatz, earlier today, from Football Outsiders, was on with Chopin the Bulldog. And you can catch that on demand at WGR550.com if you missed it. And he said something very interesting to me. That in Aaron Schatz is a guy that, you know, has not been a big, he was not a big proponent thinking the Bills were going to be good this year. He thought that they could be, but it would be mostly because of their schedule. Not only does Aaron Schatz and Football Outsiders think that the Bills have been a lot better this year because of their schedule, but they're 15th in DVOA, which I know Nate Geary's into a lot here at the station, and I know a lot of other guys that I talk to a lot are into DVOA. It's a really good stat. Um, I don't know too much about it. I know that it's a good one. Like I know it's very detail-oriented, um, and the Bills are 15th. That's not 
as good as they're being like power ranked, for instance, right now. Like almost everybody has them in the top ten. Like Colin Coward has them at tenth. I think Pro Football Talk has them at tenth. ESPN has them at eighth. Like everybody's got them in the top ten. Fifteenth is not amazing, but it's still playoff caliber. It's just about playoff caliber. It's a little bit lower, but it's right on the fringe there. And I think what Football Outsiders is saying there is that on paper, the Bills are a fringe playoff team that have benefited from having a really good schedule. But you know what? I don't take offense to that, and I don't really even take that as criticism. Like, There's a couple different ways to look at that. One, it's not hard to get to that point. Because the Bills do not yet have a signature win. Now, they haven't had a lot of opportunities for a signature win, but they've had chances. They had the New England game. They had the Philadelphia game. Those are the top two that come to mind for me. And they kept it close with New England. The game was there. They weren't able to get it done. And the Philly game, they just were never even close. But now you're going to have some opportunities. The Dallas game would be a signature win. That would be a big win around the country. Eyeballs would be opened towards the Buffalo Bills if they get to 9-3, and beating the Dallas Cowboys on their own turf in their game. The Thanksgiving 4-30 game is their game. You win that game, people are going to pay attention. You beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, who are running through everybody. Did you watch any of that game last night? The Rams, who were in the Super Bowl last year and haven't been great this year, but they've been all right. They're 6-4. and They're in the toughest division in football. They've actually had one of the harder schedules in football. So, you know, a a winning team against all of that, with all of that happening, and the Ravens smoked them. Game wasn't even close. Did they pull Lamar Jackson at one point? I turned it off at that point. It it wasn't even close. You beat the Ravens, albeit at home, that's going to raise some eyebrows. You win at Foxborough, that's going to do the exact same thing. So the Bills will have three opportunities to have that big signature win. But as I just kind of outlined there, they don't really need it to make the playoffs. But now, let's talk about what happens in the playoffs and how or who they will actually play once we get they get to the playoffs. Because as it stands today, they would play the Kansas City Chiefs. And at the beginning of the year, you would have took that, but it would have been hard to come up with a, with a tougher playoff game than going to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. And in the beginning of the year, when the Bills were in the five seed and the Chiefs were kind of floundering a little bit with Mahomes being injured and losing a couple of games in a row, but still being one of the best offenses in football, they're still third in the league in offense, despite the fact that Mahomes has been banged up and the fact that Matt Moore has uh, played a game for them. Still third in the league in offense. What does that game look like? Because now it's becoming realistic. I didn't get to that point until really this week. And... Even, even last week, make really seeing how good the Ravens were. Because at the beginning of the year, I wasn't sold on Baltimore. I wasn't. They had some hiccups at the beginning of the year. They won some close games. They, a lot of the teams they beat at the beginning of the year were not that good. Then they played Cleveland, and they got beat. Like, they got beat comfortably. And that was an eye-opener for me. Like, all right, you just lost to Cleveland like that at home? Yeah, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, Baltimore. I'm still going New England and Kansas City as my first-round bye teams, and if that happens, then I'm looking at you know the Texans or the Colts or maybe even Baltimore or maybe even Cleveland for a playoff spot, for a first-round playoff game. But Baltimore's emergence as a legitimately great team and being a Super Bowl-caliber team with Lamar Jackson, which they absolutely are right now, because they have a signature win. They beat New England. 
And even the Patriots, who are historically good on defense right now, they could not slow down Lamar Jackson. The Ravens' emergence into that, plus New England being 10-1 and probably being a first-round bye team because they have a three-game lead on Kansas City for that, means that suddenly Bills-Chiefs becomes very realistic. You can no longer assume at all that the Chiefs are going to get a first-round bye. In fact, they're two games out of it right now. So not only can you not assume it, you can't even really, it's hard to predict it. You would need Baltimore or New England to really have a couple of really bad losses here at the end. Maybe that'll happen in New England. I mean, they got some tougher games, but I don't know if I see it. So suddenly, the Bills are looking at, most likely, they're going to make the playoffs, almost for sure. And I mentioned how one win against Pittsburgh and you're in, um, or you're at 78% to make the playoffs. I give you any of these other wins, and they're over 99%. Like, if the Bills get to 10-6 and six and one of those wins is against Pittsburgh, they are over 99% to make the playoffs. So they're probably getting in. And they're probably playing Houston or Kansas City. And what? where are we at thinking about the Bills in terms of what they would do in the playoffs? Because Aaron Schatz actually took this a step further. When he said the sentence, I could see them winning a road playoff game. And his logic really was Houston. He he said that their numbers do not like the Texans. They have the Texans 18th in DVOA. They have the Bills at 15th. I think he said they have the Colts at 11th. Um, and then the Titans at 13th. So maybe, maybe I shouldn't just assume it's going to be the Texans. Because the Colts are only a game back of the division. The Titans are only a game back of their division. But one of those AFC South teams. That's kind of who I'm thinking about. Because I don't think the Bills will win at Kansas City. I don't. I know that their run defense is awful. I know their defense in general is not good. I know also that their run game has been suspect this year. But when Mahomes is going, that offense is unstoppable. I don't care how good your defense is. Even as good as this Bills defense has been. I don't believe you are limiting Kansas City below 24 points. You know why I think that? Because they've only done it one time ever under Patrick Mahomes. That's it. One time ever have the Chiefs scored under 24 points when Mahomes is their quarterback. Am I really supposed to think the Bills are going to do that? They could. Maybe if anybody was going to do it, it would be the Bills. But I cannot assume that's going to happen. And the way this offense has played this year, they struggled to get... They've looked better the past couple of weeks. They have. But this team struggles, even against bad defenses, to put up 20-plus points. Especially 24 plus points. Maybe they'll keep going. Maybe they'll keep looking as good as they're doing. And maybe against some tougher defenses down the stretch here, like New England and like Baltimore and like Pittsburgh, they will really show that they've become a legitimate offense. That they're not the same team on offense that they were at the beginning of the year. Where they weren't awful, but they were pretty much stuck in neutral and they were certainly below average. Where do they get? Do they, do they get to a, a level of consistency that we begin to think, hey, this team could score 24 points on Kansas City, a bad defense on the road? Because if I can't get there, you're not beating the Chiefs. It's not happening. And then you're not winning a road playoff game. So there's a different discussion here. The Chiefs are one thing, and then Houston, Indy, Tennessee would be a whole nother thing. Because what those teams would present to me is, you're kind of on equal playing. You're on an equal playing field. 
Like, I think the Bills are about as good as the Colts and the Titans and the Texans. I think all those teams are kind of bunched up in the AFC. I think there's an upper class, a middle class, and a lower class to the AFC. The upper class right now would be Baltimore and New England and the Chiefs. Then the lower class would be what? The Dolphins, the Broncos, the Jets. And I think you could throw the Chargers and the Jaguars into there. And then the middle class would be what? You would be looking at the Bills, Houston, Indy, Tennessee, Oakland, and I could throw I'd throw Cleveland and Pittsburgh in there. I don't think Cleveland makes the playoffs because they're coming from further behind, but I would throw those teams in there. In fact, Cleveland could make it. Cleveland's only one game out of a playoff spot. We're so focused on the Bills part of this whole wild card race, but they're not even really a part of the wild card race. They are two games up on Pittsburgh and Oakland and Indy and Tennessee, and one of those teams is in right now, which is Pittsburgh. But Right now, you've got a four-way tie for the sixth seed, and Cleveland's only a game back of the sixth seed. In fact, Jacksonville is as close to Pittsburgh as the Bills are to Pittsburgh. So, if you think the Bills can make the miss the playoffs, then you would probably think the Jaguars can make it, and I don't think the Jaguars can make it. So, that's where we're at. That's the middle class. And I, even though the Bills' record is two, game better, two games better than those teams, I would still put them right around the same. What would they do against Houston? What would they do at Indy? What would they even do at Tennessee? We saw what they did at Tennessee. 14-7. to but, you got to remember, they had Mariota at that point. And Tannehill, listen, Tannehill's nothing special. We, we all know Tannehill. In fact, against the Bills, he's been worse than against any team. The Bills have owned Ryan Tannehill in his career. But, man, are the Titans ten times better with him at quarterback. It's not even close. Mariota could not move the football. He could not get the ball in any of his playmakers' hands. And at least Tannehill is doing that. And also, he's actually been more mobile than Mariota. Like, one of the things Mariota's supposed to be is a good runner. Tannehill's the one who's a good runner. He's got more 20-plus yard runs than Ezekiel Elliott this year. So, he helicopters into the end zone last week. Like, he's mobile. He's a play wide receiver. What do the Bills do at Tennessee with Tannehill? What do they do at Indy? What do they do at Houston? And I could get myself to picking them to win one of those games. I could. They'd have to keep coming along on offense like they have the past two weeks. But where I don't think I could get is picking the Bills to win a game at Arrowhead. I think I could get to a point where I think the Bills could win and maybe even should win on the road against the AFC South winner. And that is where you want to be. To me, that is where the rest of the season becomes a success. Because as I just outlined, from here on out, from this point forward, what is a success? Because, as I just said, they can win one more game the rest of the season, and they'll make the playoffs. And if they lose in the playoffs in that game, are we going to call it a success? Because I'll feel like that's an opportunity wasted. And I'll feel like something went wrong. And I'll feel like you really failed the test of showing that you weren't just a fluke to be 8-3. and three. Like there are some people out there that still think. Because that's no longer a success. And, now, and because that's no longer a success, I'm saying here, right now, that I don't believe just making the playoffs is a success for this season. The rest of the way. I'd like to see them do more than that. And it doesn't have to be them winning a playoff game, but I need to see them beat a legitimately good team. I still need to see that. I'm happy about how Josh Allen's played the last two weeks. I'm happy about this team and the record being the best since 1996 when I was one year old. I'm happy about it all. 
I'm I'm optimistic about the future. I'm optimistic that they finally have their head coach. They finally have their general manager. They finally have their quarterback. But I still need to see a win against a legitimately good team. And they have opportunities to do that now. They're probably going to have four opportunities. Dallas, Baltimore, New England, and whoever they play in the playoffs. If it happens, which it probably will. You gotta win one of those. You gotta win one of those. Even one. That's only 25%. Even if you're not a good team, you should be able to win 25% of the games against good teams. Right? So, part of me... And I don't want to come off too much like I think they are a fluke. Because I don't think they're an entire fluke. Not at all. I think they're a good team. I, I might not think they're 8-3 and three good, but 6-5, and 7-4 and four good. Like, If they had a tougher schedule, I still think that they would be right here in this playoff race. For sure. They just might be more in the thick of it than way out ahead. That's all. I don't think that's, I don't think that's unfair to think about the Bills right now. Because again... While I need, I want to see that win against a legitimately good team. Think about, think about their entire schedule, and we know they're definitively better than the than the bottom class of the AFC, like I kind of outlined, because they've beat almost all of those teams. They've beaten. Look at the the, the rankings right now, or the, uh, the 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 outlook for the number one pick. All those teams in the race for the number one pick, the Bills have beat. They beat Miami. Twice, they beat the Redskins, they beat the Giants, they beat the Broncos, they beat the Jets. Am I missing anybody? Is that all their wins? Titans are 6-5, and five. that was their good win so far. But they've beaten all those teams. They've beaten all those bad teams that are right in the thick of the number one overall pick race. They've beaten the three worst teams in the AFC, and they've beaten the two worst teams in the NFC. Okay? But, if I'm a even just like an okay team, you probably lose one or two of those games. Like, a a pretty good team, like a team that's fine, like a a 500-level team, you play all games against bad teams, and you don't win all of them. And the Bills right now are pretty much hitting at 100% against bad teams. And that's not nothing. Just beating Denver by itself is not impressive to me. Just beating Miami by itself is not impressive to me. Just beating the Jets by itself is not impressive to me. But what is impressive to me is that they are 100% against those teams. When you group them all together and you don't have a loss, now I'm impressed with that. Because now that is a sign that even though you don't have a legitimate win against a great football team, you have, you're batting 100 against the bad ones. And at the very least, that should tell you that you are significantly better than the bad teams in the league. And what is significantly better than bad? I would think it's at least very good. At least very good. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Bills right now. They're very good. And until they win a game like they'll have a chance to do on Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not going to call them great. But we're, we're maybe on the verge of doing that. And it's mostly because of the... The, the offense kind of coming along in the last two weeks, but they uh, they have us feeling, I think, a lot more optimistic. 803-0550 is the phone number. How are you feeling about the whole playoff picture right now and what the Bills could do in the playoffs? Let me know what you think. Is this going to be they just make it in and then we're going to be happy? Like, is that, are we okay with that as fans? If they just make it in, are you happy? Let me know what you think. 803-0550 is the phone number. Take your calls right after the break here on WGR. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. 
This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Recovery. It's, that's really it. Like, guys are tired, but just in recovery. You know, like, we have to get extra sleep. We have to tighten down on our routine and sharpen it up because literally like we played what like 48 hours ago and now it's where we're playing in 48 hours so you know we just gotta and recover fast and just really just recover bills left tackle Dion dawkins earlier today speaking with the media bills and cowboys on thursday afternoon at 4 30 is that afternoon late evening thanksgiving dinner time uh, is Bills and Cowboys. I'll be along with you uh, with Nate Geary for pregame at 2 o'clock. My brother Lou DiBiase as well Derek Kramer will take you up until then. So our coverage will start at 11 o'clock. So Lou and Derek will go from 11 to 2. Me and Nate will go from 2 to 4. Um, and then we'll have uh, we'll, we'll get you ready for Bills and Cowboys at 4.30. 803-0550 is the phone number. Um, we're going to get right back into the Bills in one second. I just do have to mention that Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet um, just said on Sportsnet 650 which I believe is Calgary, if I'm remembering my Sportsnet radio stations correctly. But Elliot Friedman says that the Sabres have floated Colin Miller's name on the trade market a little bit in addition to Marco Scandella. I don't know why you do that. You just traded for Colin Miller. Now, he did not play well last night against Tampa, and maybe they're not getting exactly what they thought out of him uh, early on in the season. I don't think he's been terrible. I thought he had a bad game in Tampa last night, but I thought he's been pretty good this year, and the numbers back that up. But... You're at a point, man, where I guess you're just you're so deep on the blue line. You've got to trade somebody, and maybe it's the guy you just got. Would they trade for him? A second-round pick? A third-round pick? You better get at least that if you're going to do that, because otherwise that's going to look pretty embarrassing. If you traded a draft pick for a guy who comes in, plays 20 games for you, and then you trade him away for something less than that. I don't know. You'd have to get at least the same, if not more, if you trade him. Otherwise, it'll look pretty embarrassing. Anyways, back to the Bills. The playoffs is just getting there good enough. Let me know what you think. 803-0550 is the number. Let's start off with Mike. Mike, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? Uh, how you feeling tonight? Good. How are you? Not bad. Uh, I just wanted to play devil's advocate a little bit. Now, I would say Buffalo's defense is, you know, championship caliber. You know, the offense, yeah, is subpar for sure. And, you know, they have been playing better as of late, so... With all that being said, I think the season would be a success if they made a deep playoff run, a championship type of deep run. And, you know, if they... What does that mean, by the way? AFC championship? Yeah. Like two of the AFC championship. Or you mean winning it? Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm an all-none type of person. You know, if you're in it, you got to be in it to win it. So... 
I don't I don't take any uh, stock in moral victories. I don't take any stock in okay we, you know we played New England tight. You know we mm-hmm. just came up short. No, you get they should have won that game. If it wasn't for a block punt, they would have won that game. And they they match up against these teams just because of their defense. So right. there's no reason why they can't go out and be competitive each and every one of these games down the stretch and then make a deep playoff run. That to me would be a success championship or bust. All right, Mike, thanks for the call. I, I appreciate that way of thinking. I just don't think it's realistic with this team right now. Because while, yes, I might agree with you that their defense is championship caliber, what does that really mean? Because to me, what it means is their defense is great, but you need the offense to be a certain level of good. You cannot win a Super Bowl with your defense driving the bus. You can't. Only historically good defenses will do that. Like Denver a couple of years ago when Peyton Manning led was terrible for the, in his final season, or the Ravens in 2000. Like those def- Tampa, those defenses are historically great, and the Bills have a great defense, top five in the league. But is it historically great? It's not. So you'll need your quarterback to be some level of good by himself, and that's where my hesitation comes. That's where I, I I'm not believing that this team can go on a deep playoff run like you're talking about. Because I just haven't seen enough from the quarterback consistently to think that that can happen. But again, the last two weeks have looked good, and if he keeps going along this path, then maybe the door will be open for that to happen. Maybe he could get hot in the playoffs. Who knows? Joe Flacco got hot in the playoffs once. You never know. Let's go to Jonathan and Alden. Jonathan, what's up, man? You're on the nightcap. Hey, Joe. Um... I pretty much agree with what you said before the segment. Um, if we get the Kansas City Chiefs, it won't bother me losing. But if we get like the Colts or the Texans or the or the Steelers or one of those lower wildcard things, yeah, I think the Bills should win. I don't think they're a great team. Our defense is good, but we saw the Eagles carve up our defense, so I'm not sure our defense can carve the bus. But we should be one of those mid-tier teams. Kansas City, if we get to Kansas City, I guess I'll be okay losing. Just at least score a playoff touchdown because it's been 20 years since we scored a playoff touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say my, my only experience, thanks for the call, by the way, my only experience with the Bills in the playoffs is losing 10-3. to Was it 10-3 or 9-3 uh, to the Jaguars? I think it was 10-3. That's it. I'm like, this is the playoffs? At Jacksonville and Blake Bortles and you scored three points? Um, but I, I get what you're saying. I, I would like to see them win a game. That would qualify as success for me. Although I will say, I'm saying it also here, if they won a game or two before they get to the playoffs, like if they were to beat New England and Foxborough, or if they were to beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, or they were to beat Dallas here coming up on Thanksgiving, like a marquee win like that, and then you go out in the playoffs like losing a close game to a Kansas City, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i turn that as success. Because then you'll have proven to me that you weren't just a product of your schedule. And I still have that thought in the back of my mind. I think all Bills fans should. In the back of your mind, I think part of you should think at least a little bit, hey, I'm hoping this isn't the case, but they, they could just be 8-3 and three because they've had the easiest schedule in football. But we'll also find that out. We'll find that out. Because while they've had the easiest schedule in football so far, they have the hardest schedule in the league the rest of the way. Like, that's a fact. They have the hardest schedule in the league the rest of the way. So we will find out about this team uh, pretty soon here. Let's go to David. David, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Yeah. To answer your question of what would make me personally, how far we go in the playoffs or even making the playoffs this season isn't what would necessarily make me happy. Because at the end of the day, 
The point of the game is to win, as we know, a championship. And as you just said, you know, our offense is not championship caliber despite our defense being great. What would make me happy, even if we lost every game from now to the rest of the season, would be seeing the progression of our offense, seeing Josh Allen be able to make throws um, consistently or accurately beyond 10 yards more than, like, once a game when it's really necessary. You know, I don't like the fact that, you know, we always do these, like, little short check-down passes mm-hmm. in the game once we're up and use that strategy of just, like, okay, we're up, let's just hope our defense holds them off and then only try and make those big throws, you know, if we need to and want to just just put a little bit of space. Yeah. I want to see an offense that would give us that attack. I'd rather be like the L.A. Chargers have been. If, in terms of, like, even if we don't win, I'd rather have a confident offense and defense like, say, the L.A. Chargers have been the last couple of years, even if we don't win. I get what you're saying. It's an interesting comparison you make at the end there because I feel like the Chargers are always kind of laughed at in terms of, like, hey, they'll get to the playoffs, but they're not going to do anything once they're there. And that's kind of been Philip Rivers' M.O. throughout his career. Now, I don't think that should be an indictment on Philip Rivers' career because if you were to compare him to like a Eli Manning, who they were traded for, each other, I think Philip Rivers has easily been a better quarterback in his career. Not even close. But, who gets more respect? So, in one way, I kind of get what you're saying. You're kind of saying I'd rather them just be good than have to worry about the result. The results will come if you are just legitimately good. And I like that way of thinking. Because then it's not fluky, and then you can't argue it's fluky. And even though it's becoming harder to argue that the Bills are fluky right now, which I like, you still can do it. You still can do it. Let's go to Derek. Derek, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Um, yeah, in terms of expectations, obviously I, I think they're greater than they were two years ago. You know, a lot of fans were just grateful that we were in, and there was a lot of emotion the way they made it in. Um, so I think progress, the fact that depending on the matchup, we could be playing a team that has a you know weaker record that we might have at the end of the season bodes well. So I think making it to the divisional round, see how we fare against either Baltimore um, or the Patriots in the divisional round. Um, but in terms of expectations versus how far we go, I think for me at least, it's, it's how well they fare this week considering how big of a game it is on the stage we're on. Uh, just considering that we don't play a lot of primetime games, Josh's first primetime. So seeing how they handle this, because you know, I mean, the stage doesn't get much bigger than the playoffs do, so they're going to have a lot more expectations uh, after this Thursday. Yeah. I don't. I, I hate to have nothing to say to that, but like, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. Let's keep going here. Let's go to Ian. Ian, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, uh, hey, man. I just caught the show, but I'm listening. You got some of the, the callers calling in talking about Josh Allen throwing for ten yards. What did Lamar Jackson just do last night on national TV? He threw the ball twenty times. Completed 15 passes for 169 yards. Josh Allen is throwing for more yards, not getting as much touchdowns. It's all on Brian Dable, who is rinky-dinking this offense. From Well, why do you think that is? It was because Allen went eight games, ten games here without connecting on a deep ball. What was he supposed to do? He's doing what he's – he's, uh, he's doing the play that Dable is calling. 
Dabo is being the one that's being okay. conservative on this. Um, they're they're designed. They were designing deep concepts for Allen all season. He missed on every single one of them until he hit John Brown this past week. What is Dable? That's what I'm saying. Is Dable supposed to keep designing vertical routes when Allen keeps missing them? Like they brought Cole Beasley in for a reason too, and he's been one of their more efficient receivers. In fact, right next to John Brown. So like, what? I don't know what you want out of Dable here. What What I want is like, man. Even if we win, all all that's constantly is negative negativity, man. I'm like, you're learning from two bad role models and Chopin the bulldog, man. You- no, dude, dude, uh, come on, man. What, what are we doing here? I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how good the Bills are. How is that being negative? Because none of what we're saying here is wrong. They have not beaten a good team yet. They haven't. Oh, that's all I want. I just want that to happen. I don't think that's too much to ask. And I'm not even asking they do, you know, they four they might have four opportunities for this by the end of the year. I don't even need them to do it three of the four. I don't need them to do it all four. I don't even, I don't even do it two of the four. Just give me one. Just give me one. That's it. And then I'll be fine. And Thursday that could happen. This could all be over on Thursday. But I don't think it's wrong to want the Bills to win a playoff game for this to be labeled a success because as I outlined, they can win one more game the rest of the way make the playoffs, lose in the playoffs, finish 9-7, and seven, and am I supposed to just think that's a success? Flat out? Because, again, I'm going to feel like that's a squandered opportunity. You were 8-3. If you were 8-3 and three and you finish 9-7 and seven and lose in the wild card round, I'm sorry, I don't consider that a success. Because I have set my bar a little bit higher than that. The drought's dead. If, if the, the drought was still alive then I would be on board with you. I'd be like, all right, let's just get in. Let's get that monkey off our freaking backs that's been here for two decades. But that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. So at some point, the expectation needs to be raised, at least a little bit. I'm not saying the Bills need to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying they need to win at Foxborough in the playoffs. I'm not saying they need to, to topple the Patriots for first place in the AFC East. I'm not saying they even need to win, get to the conference championship game. But I would like to see this team beat a really good team. And ideally, I'd like that to be in the playoffs for me to label this season as a legit success. Yes. Let's go to James. James, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, man. Just wanted to make two quick points. Um, well, earlier you mentioned about the bats, uh, or the Bills batting 1,000 on, um, on games this year with the... Um, kind of the lesser dominant teams. And the only thing that I would disagree with is, you know, I think we should have beat Cleveland. I think we should be 9-2 and two right now. But all that being said, 8-3 and three is great. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the playoffs go, um, really, you know, we walked away from Tyrod Taylor because he just was, wasn't good enough. And for right. me, um, easy schedule, whatever you want to say this year, um, you know, looks like we're going to make it into the playoffs. I really expect us, I don't care who we play, I expect us to win the wild card game. Um, beyond that, um, I, I'm not even going to worry about or concern, but, I mean, we, we wanted to sure. get into the, play, the playoffs with Tyrod, and we did that. It, now we're past that. It's not just about getting in. So exactly. A little noise, and, and let's win. Let's win the wild card game. That's where I'm looking at. That that's where I'm at too, James. Thanks for the call, man. Like, yeah, that that's it's about the quarterback in a way too. You're right. Like Tyrod proved he was good enough to get you to the playoffs. Like we knew, we knew with a good defense 
and a solid rushing attack, and like you have enough around him, Tyrod was good enough to get you to the playoffs. He proved it. Despite the fact that they threw a game, basically, by putting Nathan Peterman in. He still got you to the playoffs. Not by himself. I don't mean to say it that way, but he was a part of it, and he was good enough to get you there. Why'd you move on? Why'd you move on? Because you wanted something more. You wanted something more. You didn't want to just get to the playoffs. You wanted to be good enough one day to actually be respected once you got to the playoffs for people to think that you could actually go far. And I don't think just Bills fans in here in Buffalo, I think the nation's trying to find out if the Bills are that team. Can we think about them being capable of going past just making it to the playoffs? And I don't know if we have enough evidence yet to just assume that that's the case. One more call before we hit a break. Uh, Kramer, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, how are you doing? This is my second time, I believe, calling you. Maybe second or third time. Cool. Um, Thanks for calling, man. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, all this talk about, you know, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, it, I mean, he was very, in my opinion, he was very overrated. And, you know, and they're, how they're comparing Tyrod Taylor with, with uh, John. Well, we're, we're comparing expectations that they should be higher under Allen than Taylor. Well, well, I, this is this is Tyra, this is a Josh Allen's second year in the NFL. By the okay, by the, by the time by the time Tyrod Taylor was in, was with, was with the Bills, he had already been in maybe three years, two or three years with you know with the with. But yeah, but two th- he only had three years as a starter, and like, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, and, and 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 the thing is, it was it was how how they had anything to do with Tyrod Taylor getting into the playoffs. Very little to do. He was just like a placeholder. He okay, but Kramer, what's the, I don't disagree with this. What's the what's the point here? What's the point? My my point is is that the, the point is is that 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 I think you are on the right track with with Josh Allen, and I think Josh Allen is a much more capable passer than than Tyrod Taylor and even Lamar Jackson as well. Because Lamar Jackson, the way he was, the way he's winning games. Is that he, they're they're running the ball a lot? They've got good. They get the defense is probably giving them very good field position. And he threw for that last game when they when they when they when they blew out when they blew out the Rams. He threw for no more than maybe like three hundred and seventy-five. Oh no, sorry, one hundred and seventy-five yards. That's nothing. That's nothing. But but he he had he had one hundred and twenty yards on rushing. Like that counts. That matters. Yeah, but the thing is, it's it's not it's not it's not like but but. Of a, of All right, Kramer, I got to move on here. I, I don't know why we even were talking about Lamar Jackson right now. I, and he should not be in this conversation. He shouldn't. That to me is over at this point. Until I see something that changes that, and that could happen because last year I would have told you that Baker Mayfield was the clear number one from that draft class last season, and that has come way back to where I think you could have a serious discussion now on whether you'd rather have Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield. Lamar is doing special things no one has ever seen. He has 900 rushing yards. He has 900 rushing yards. And he's been very good as a passer. You know why he isn't throwing for 300 passing yards a game? Because he'd get tired. Because he's running for 150. And we give Allen credit for rushing. You gotta give Lamar credit for rushing. You don't need... You don't need to build Allen up by tearing Jackson down. You don't. They can bolt. Allen can be very good, and Jackson can be amazing. That's what's happening right now. Allen's been very good for the last couple of weeks, and Jackson is the MVP leader. That's fair, and you don't need him to be better than Lamar Jackson for Allen to be good. You don't. 
And at this point, it doesn't look like he's going to be. So that's where I'm at. And I don't know what we're talking about. The Tyrod point is, um, I, I think I kind of get where you were going with that, but I just I don't agree. Like, at some point, you needed to raise expectations, and I don't know why it can't be this season. Yeah, it's his second year, but that's no longer an excuse. Quarterbacks come in, and a lot of times in their rookie seasons are good right away. I, how many years am I supposed to give you before I'm allowed to raise expectations? Can I do it next year? Or can I be, oh, he's only in his third year. He's only 24 years old. Like, how long do I have to go with that? I'm ready to do it now. Especially since you're 8-3. and three. I am ready to do it now. 8030550 is the phone number. Thanks for the calls. We'll keep rolling through them after the break here on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Jody Biasi here on WGR. Quick segment here, so let's try to roll through calls as quickly as we can. Try to get you all in here. Let's go to Scott. Scott, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, I just had a couple of points just about how I kind of feel about the Bills this year versus past years. I've been a lifetime fan, so, I mean, I'm used to being kind of let down. And um, I mean, this year, the one thing I will say is it's felt good. Like, we feel competitive. We feel like we have a chance. But I'm not going – I haven't gone into a single game yet where I have felt like, you know what? This is a locked-up W. Uh, let's go watch the Bills kick some ass. Oh. You, you, didn't, you didn't even think of that against Miami? Uh, no, honestly, I didn't. Because, like, we've had struggles against Miami in the past, but they're a division rival, and they seem to always just kind of be there. Like, even when they're not a good team, even when they're not performing, it's like they give us a problem. And, you know, like, I, I just I, – I don't – I feel like I'm a bit of a spoiled fan because of our record. But I would love to get to the point where I feel like, you know, we got the, the terrible teams locked up and we're competitive against the good teams. As whereas, like, even Denver last week, you know, like I was like, we, sh- we have to win this, first of all. We should win this, secondly. But, man, I, I don't know. And then, like, you know, they played really well. And I, I was like, wow, they look like a good football team. Josh Allen finally hit that deep pass. So many boxes were checked for me there. But then I'm, like, looking at the schedule ahead, and I, I, I'm excited for Thursday. Um, that's going to be the – for me, that's going to be the, you know, confidence builder or or back to, man, I hope we make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. I think we'd, we'd be – I'd be devastated if we got less than 10 wins. But honestly, I don't really see I, – I don't see a confident – I don't see a reason for you to be confident in more than 10 wins at this point, which is a little bit disappointing. That, that I'm, that, yeah, I'm okay with that logic. Scott, thanks for the call, man. Like, I, I was definitely way more confident than you that they were going to beat Miami. I thought that was a locked-up win, the first one. The second one, a little nervous, but not really that much. Um, yeah, I, it's they could get to 11, but again, I kind of am on board with you. I'm not sure they've instilled enough confidence in me to where I, I'm sure that's all that likely. Because that is then, you're you're winning against let's say Pittsburgh. Well, no, it's it's Pittsburgh and the Jets. No, that's 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 ten. So you win against Pittsburgh and you win against the Jets, and I've got to win one game against one of these three good teams I play. And again, I'm not. We haven't seen it yet. So if they beat Dallas this week, I'm going to think a lot differently. And they could win on Thursday. So Thursday will be a big measuring stick for this for me. Talk to me again on Friday, and I will absolutely. Go one way or the other with you. Because if they beat Dallas, then I am absolutely thinking 11-5. and five For sure. Let's go to Justin. Justin, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Tonight? Good. How are you? 
Good. Uh, I think the other caller just summed it up. We're pretty much all ambivalent about this team. And unfortunately, it comes to Josh Allen where I'm ready to give up on him. And the next thing you know, he's running, you know, 18 yards on third and 12. Right. I don't know what to think about him, and I don't know what to think about the rest of the season with these games. He could show up like that, or he could be nothing, and then we're going to lose to every good team we have. Yeah, I'll say this, though. Justin, thanks for the call. Like, I kind of like that because I feel like we got to a point a lot quicker with younger quarterbacks like Lossman and Manuel and even Tyrod and Fitz. I feel like we got to a point a lot quicker where we felt like we knew what we were getting. And Allen is keeping you in flux a little bit. He's making you think. He's making you think, hey, maybe. Maybe this guy could explode. He's keeping that. He's keeping you on the hook. And I like that. So I'm kind of on board with you. Like, I don't know what we get out of Allen, but I will say this. I do know what to think of what we got out of Josh Allen this year. I think he's a legitimate NFL quarterback. Whether he is a top 10 quarterback, whether he is a top half of the league quarterback, I think that is still in question. And to me, that's my bar. You need to at least meet that bar. And that's in question. But what he has at least done by having a bunch of like okay games this year and then two really good games in a row here is... He has proven that he's not going to flame out like a lot of people when thought he would going into the 2018 draft. That's not on the table. He's not going to flame out. Almost for sure. 803-0550 is the phone number. We'll keep rolling through calls. We'll get to a couple interviews when we come back on the nightcap here on WGR. Is this the nightcap? Yo, this is Patrick. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Pat. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Time now for the nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back to the nightcap here on WGR. Talking a lot about the Bills in the playoffs. The expectations for the rest of the season. But I do want to get into some Bills and Cowboys stuff in this hour. Because I am very excited about this game. This is the most excited I've been about a game all season. Even though, you know, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. So it kind of sucks in a way that I will uh, not be able to attend the normal festivities. But still a cool moment that they'll be playing on Thanksgiving for the first time in my lifetime. And, um, yeah, should be fun. And a win, man. Like, a win would just be... Fans will get frustrated because ESPN, like, First Take, uh, like, Dan Patrick Show, like, all these national shows, they will all be talking about what's wrong with the Cowboys. But the Bills will get some legit respect if they uh, if they beat Dallas on the road on Thanksgiving, for sure. Let's go to Rick. Rick, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, how are you tonight? Good, how are you? Uh, pretty good. And I just wanted to give my, like, two cents about Lamar Jackson. Um, I think what he's doing is, like, great. I mean, first of all, like, 900, almost 900 yards rushing. And But the, on, the only thing with Lamar Jackson, though, the guy is, like, 6'2", 212 pounds. And how long is that going to last, being a running quarterback the way he does? It's, he, he reminds me of RG3. And that it just doesn't last in the NFL. I mean, what he's doing, it's exciting, fun to watch. 
I mean, the Bills are going to have their hands full with that guy. But I just yeah. think over a long period of time, running quarterbacks don't last a long time, and Josh Allen is yeah. too much, I think. I, I don't know, man. I think that's starting to change a lot, and I think the name, the guy that is changing it, um, like for every RG3, I feel like now there's two or three Russell Wilsons. Russell Wilson's never missed a game. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and th- thanks for the call, man. Like I, I, I don't think that you're completely wrong because there is an added risk. Like We're seeing Cam Newton now. His career might be shot. He might be done. He's thirty years old. He's got. He's trying to get his foot right, and maybe he never has the athleticism he once did. And then he's not the same quarterback at all. Andrew Luck was a very mobile quarterback. He did run a lot. He took some hits. He had injuries. Career's over at thirty years old. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But there are Russell Wilson examples. There are how many other guys? You're starting to see the younger crop now do it a lot more. Roethlisberger took a lot of hits in his career. I don't think I'd call him mobile, though. Russell Wilson's really the one I keep looking at, though. Like, that guy does not get injured. Even Cam. Like, even though Cam is shot maybe now at 30-31, he never missed games his first decade of his career. So even if, longevity-wise, it doesn't work out. So let's say let's say Allen and Jackson both... Allen and Jackson, not Allen Jackson. Let's say that they have their career shortened a little bit because of injuries, because of the wear and tear they've taken by running the ball. I will take, absolutely, a higher level of play over a shorter period of time. 100%. Carolina might still have Cam Newton playing football if they never had him run. Guess what? Cam Newton would not be that good a quarterback if he never ran. He is inaccurate. As a pocket passer, we saw what he was earlier this year. Not good. I'll take the higher peak. Let's go to Chris. Chris, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, Joe, I just uh, wanted to give a little bit of uh, love to the defense. We've been talking a lot tonight about the uh, the offensive side of the equation, but I'm sure Jason Garrett is uh, going to be having ulcers tonight about facing the Spills defense, and I hope that they give a lot of love on the telecast to Tremaine Edwards and uh, Tredavious White because uh, I think we've got the Lamar Jackson on defense with Tremaine Edward, Edmonds. Uh, I, like in terms of what, like you think, like he's going to be able to stop Lamar Jackson? No, I think he's going to be the the star of the you know for the mm. ten years. I think that that's what he is. Yeah, I, I hope so, man. I, I think he has struggled a little bit this season, and he struggled a little bit last season. I think he's good, but I'm not there yet with Tremaine Edmonds being like an All Pro level linebacker one day. I'm not there yet. He's kind of like Allen on defense for me. He's showed flashes. He's been good at times, and he's also struggled at times. So, I don't know. I think Tredavious White's their superstar in defense. I think he is a top-five corner in the league. I think he should be an all-pro this season. And I am now going into games where I am expecting the other team's wide receiver to not do much. Like, I'm a big fantasy football player. And a big thing you do in fantasy football for wide receivers is you look ahead to, okay, who are they playing? Do they play a shutdown elite corner? Because that might deter me from starting this guy. And Trey White is doing that. I actually looked at a. I have a matchup this week in Mike Shope's league, actually, where I need to win to get in the playoffs. And I looked at the guy I'm playing, and I saw Amari Cooper, and I went, perfect. Trey White versus Amari Cooper. He's not going to get that many points. That was my first thought. He's that level of good now. Where the fantasy community is recognizing how good he is. And I think slowly, the rest of the nation will understand how good he is as the Bills hopefully continue to be good and get more primetime games, get more games out in front of eyeballs and... I think he's the star on defense. 
So, not to, not to you know be the Debbie Downer on Tremaine Edmonds right now. I think he's been good, but I think that's all he's been. I think he's been good. White has been elite. He's been the superstar of their defense. I think. Let's go to Brad. Brad, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, what's up, Joe? Love the show. Thanks, man. Hey, so I got a couple points in the game day prediction. I think everyone just needs to like step back a second, keep your hand away from the panic button, and just let Josh Allen progress. He's been progressing. Now, as far as where expectations meet the playoffs and his progressing, his progression is actually interesting because that experience he's going to get from the playoffs would be priceless. But I expect us. I mean, if we're if we're in the playoffs, I expect us to win the Super Bowl. If we don't, so yes. If we don't, I would be upset. Yeah, that's just from a fan perspective. But in all reality, I would just be proud of the team because I know we're moving in the right direction and we got great things going in the front office, and I think Josh Allen's going to be just fine. I compare him to Ben Roethlisberger a little bit. and In his second year, he was no world beater, and he took his team to a championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Yeah, thanks th- Thanks for the call, Brad. Um, Roethlisberger, that, that team was another level, though. That team was on another level. Were they 15-1? and one? All right. I don't much say. I don't. I don't have much else to say to that. I don't want to rain in your parade, and I don't really think I have much of an argument to rain in your parade. But here we go. Let's go to Ken. Ken, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, good evening. I just wanted to make a comment about. Um, I like the direction of, of Josh Allen. Last game was the first time that I really wished that they had something more talented at wide receiver, um, a real difference maker. Because I certainly thought that that was the game. That he he would have really taken advantage of, of some opportunities. Um, but with that being said, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on anything because I think the defense has played well. But I watched that game a couple times, and the one thing that stands out to me week after week, what are they doing with Murphy starting over at Jack Lawson at defensive end? I know last week he's, I think he outstaffed him a little bit, but I just can't figure it out. I, I, I just don't see anything that's worth $8 million at that position. Um, that's all I got to say. You know, good luck, Bill. All right, man. Thanks for the call. I wonder. Um, I, I wonder what they do with some contracts after the year. White's going to be the guy that gets the big, uh, the big contract. But Deion Dawkins, maybe already. We'll see what they end up doing. I'm not sure. Thanks for the call. We will uh, continue to take your calls after the break. Uh, but we're also going to get to our interview of the day, which is Rich Gannon, who is not going to have the call of um, he's not going to have the call of uh, Bills and Cowboys on Sunday but he has had a couple of Bills games this year and uh, he's been watching them up closely so we'll hear from him and uh, also Mike Fisher from uh, 1053 the fan in Dallas he is uh, kind of the, the Cowboys expert that Howard and Jeremy had on this week and the Cowboys are super interesting right now so as we kind of transition fully into this game on Thursday for the rest of the show we'll hear from Mike Fisher after the break here on WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. <laughs> 